Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Saints Happy Hour needs your support. The Saints are going to have a great 2021 season. But Saints Happy Hour needs more support so we can keep giving you the Saints coverage you love. Become a patron to help us keep giving you the best daily Saints podcast on earth. Supporting Saints Happy Hour gives you the best Saints podcast every day without any stupid ads or promos like this one. And patrons also get access to our private Discord channel where you can talk Saints 24-7, early access to podcast episodes, our world-famous booze bundle with four amazing swag items. So do it. Go to SaintsHappyHour.com and sign up today. That's SaintsHappyHour.com. This is Sean Payton, head coach of the New Orleans Saints. What's with this Saints happy cast? This has to be the worst Saints podcast in the world. Ralph can't say anyone's name right. Andrew doesn't know football. Everyone has a hard time listening to Dave. And is Kevin even there tonight? The audio with this podcast, my God, the audio, it's it's painful. All right, everybody, welcome to another edition of Saints Happy Hour Podcast. This is a preview episode of Saints Jags tonight. It's me and Andrew. Patrons, they got it early. They got it Sunday. Everybody else is getting it Monday morning, Monday afternoon. Andrew, we got two mugs left. Yeah, take that, non-patrons. Yeah, like become a patron, get this podcast every day, support what we're doing because we're the best Saints podcast going. Uh, it's free because of Spotify, Green Room, but support the show. We got a great Discord community going. We're going to have fa- fantasy football leagues going. We're going to have survivor pools. We got all kinds of stuff for patrons that are going to make the Saints season fun as hell. You should join us, and if you sign up as an annual patron, Two mugs left. You get the Saints season survival mug, and you get the booze bundle. Do it already. Uh, Andrew, big game. Jaguar Saints, Monday night on ESPN. Uh, I don't know what ESPN is going to talk about because they won't have Tim Tebow in uniform because the Jags caught him. Yeah. I- I'm actually bummed about that. <laughs> I am. I, I wanted to play against Tim Tebow. I thought it would have been fun. I wanted, so, I wanted to see, like, Bond or Davenport. <laughs> I wanted to see somebody wreck him. Yeah, and uh, and I have and I had all these Tim Tebow jokes in the chamber, ready to go, and now I can't use them. Um, Saints they practice this weekend. Uh, I want to talk about some stuff that that Sean Payton talked about, and and Andrew, it's interesting in that we t- we we worry about the Saints on like this micro level of like who's going to be corner? Is it going to be a Debo? Is Crawley? Is his great camp? Is it real? Uh, who's going to be at? He's going to be a defensive tackle. Who's going to be quarterback? And Sean Payton, when he talks about these practices, especially over the weekend, he talked about we have to get better in two minute, the two minute drill on offense and defense. And I want people to listen to what he talked about. 
how many freaking different scenarios the Saints have that they have to practice in the two-minute? Well, look, no, there's not one thing because there's so many things. You know, you're, number one, communication. Number two, penalties. Look, half the battle is making sure everyone has the right call and plays the right defense or the right offensive snap. So communication, efficient communication, and there's a ton of things that get you beat in that drill either side of the ball and constantly addressing those things. You know, get on to the next play. You know, it's happening. Let's go get on to the next play. There's, but there's a lot of situations that come up end to half, you know, where you're trying to get a field goal, um, no timeouts. That opens up a litany of situations. How do you stop the ball? There's certain plays you're going to defend just the sideline because the time tells you they have to throw it. So there's, there's about 14 different situations to begin with that you have to cover. And, uh, and, and so the only way to do it is to practice it. Andrew, I just I think it's just interesting that we as 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 fans are locked in on players and this and that, and Sean Payton is focused on fourteen different scenarios for the two minute drill. He's such a good coach, man. <laughs> I mean, you hear him talk, and it's just like, man, I'm so glad he's coaching the Saints. And if this team has any chance of success this year, uh, obviously he's going to play a large part in that. Uh, but no, he he's right. And um, look, I, I think as coaches. The task at hand right now is isn't cutting people. Like you know, eventually he's going to have to sit in a room and he's going to have to make some tough decisions. But right now he's operating under the assumption that hey, fifty three of these ninety or now eighty five guys is going to make this team, and we've got to get them up to speed so we can win week one. So like, to, to me, it's more about install and learning than it is about figuring out which guys they're going to keep versus not. Yeah, it's just, I would love to sit with Sean Payton and just like when he mentioned the 14 scenarios, I would love for him to go through all of them because I bet you there's like philosophical discussions that you have, right? It's like, okay, we're on defense and they have 30 seconds left and they're at their own 30 and they have one timeout. What kind of defense do you play? Do you have to be aggressive? You know, do you have to be aggressive because they have one timeout or do you let them be in the middle of the field and tackle them? I just think that's really interesting because those 14 scenarios that he talks about, Andrew, I guarantee you, there ain't one way to play it, right? So right. Uh, I just think what you said about Trump, he's, he's so on the details in a way that other teams are not. And I just want to say, I once football season starts, I consume a lot of podcasts. And I was listening to... Uh, I don't. It was either the Ringer or one of them, and I forget. No, it was. Yeah, it was the Ringer, and they were talking about the Giants, and they were talking about what can go right and what can go wrong, and they're like, they listed like a like a thousand things that they have wrong and they have holes to fill, and they're like, eh, they'll probably be six or seven wins, and I'm like, that made me realize like, for the Saints to go to that level, like it's gonna have to be a catastrophe. They might be mediocre and be like eight nine wins, but it's like. For the floor to fall out on them, they are going to have to have a lot. I mean, they'll have to have a good number of things go right to be a playoff team and be really good, but they'll still have to have a lot to go wrong to be really bad, I think, because I just think Sean Payton in this roster isn't going to allow it. Uh, yeah, maybe. Um, there's just a lot more uncertainty at a lot of spots on this roster than I'm used to, certainly in the last four or five years. So – 
I, I would just say they need a little bit of luck at, a, at about four position groups that are uncertain. And if that uncert- uncertainty manifests itself as a major hole and problem at more than two of those, then I would say, yeah, that, that's where things can maybe get kind of bad. So the other interesting thing that Sean Payton said, he's going to, he, he talked about who's going to play in the snaps and we'll get that in, we'll get into that in just a minute, but I wanted to let people hear Sean Payton talk about uh, who's going to play Monday night. We're going to discuss that here probably tomorrow and we'll decide how we want to play this game relative to, there'll be some other guys that didn't play last week. This is it. We've got an Amex platinum pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen, we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. That, that I plan on seeing in this game. So that, he says they're going to play some guys that they didn't see. Could it be the offensive tackles? Who could it be? And Andrew, the, the reason why it interests me is if Jameis starts and he gets Ramchek and Armstead for two series, like, that is a huge advantage. And if I'm Taysom, I'm like, Sean, you stack the deck against me, you son of a bitch. Like, <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't feel that way if you were Taysom? And you're like, he gets both yeah. of the tackles? I, who, he, gets, he gets Kamara for five plays? Like, you know. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, I noticed Kamara missed practice yesterday. I hope I hope there's nothing going on there. But um, yeah, I mean, hard to argue against that, Ralph. I, I would certainly feel the same way. Like, yeah, the, the deck is stacked against me now. There's also a third game, and we don't know how that's going to go. Uh, and I'm sure that Sean Payton would want to see him in a scenario where he gets to play with guys. So yeah, I, I don't know how it's going to go. Um, but yeah, no, I, I hear you on that. Um, but how damning would it be if James right. has to, to flip the script? How damning is it if he has that luxury and he doesn't perform well? He performs well, worse than Taysom. That's true. You know, like, so that can go both ways. Yeah. It, it, to me, this game, as far as the quarterbacks go, I think, I think Jameis, if he – and this is not from sources because you got sources. I don't. This is just my instinct. If Taysom doesn't separate himself, if Jameis doesn't separate himself out 
from Taysom and make it clear, I think Sean Payton, his instinct and what he wants to do, he want, I think in his heart he wants to play Taysom. I think in his heart he really does. He wants to play Taysom. He wants to show the world. Taysom is his guy. He's been invested with him since 2018. I think he wants to play Taysom at quarterback. And Winston has to give him a reason not to. It's based on it's based on nothing except what I see and my guess is to Sean Payton and how he feels about Taysom. That's my theory. So to, to, for me, it's a huge game for Jameis. So it's interesting, interesting perspective and take. Uh, I, I don't agree with it, but it's interesting. And, and the reason I say that is this. I think there's almost no way Jameis doesn't win this battle. I, I think Jameis has got this almost locked down at this point based on how things have gone. So I do think he'll end up being the starter. But here, here's the thing. Um, I'm not 100%. There's still a shadow of doubt in my mind. And the shadow of doubt is exactly what you said. And this is why I'm noncommittal and it's why I flip sometimes. It's in my heart of hearts. I still wonder if Sean Payton loves Taysom Hill so much that it it, it might be that he makes a stupid decision, right? Against all evidence, he's just like, nah, Taysom's my guy. You know, so like there's that seed of doubt that I have and I'm not accusing Sean Payton of of being stupid. I'm not even saying that, but he's kept this close to the vest, which is the smart thing to do. And he's keeping us guessing, which means he's keeping everyone guessing because, you know, if we don't know, then no one knows. But I I just think he's kept this close to the vest, which is a smart thing to do from a competitive standpoint. But I just can't help but think I, I would really be surprised. I kind of view it different. I actually think there's no way Taysom is the starter unless Jameis plays poorly and Taysom plays really well. I think the only way that Taysom at this point in the competition gets himself back in the conversation to potentially be the starter is if he tears it up and Jameis plays poorly, throws picks, et cetera, and and then Taysom puts a bunch of points on the board. To me, then – that opens the competition right back up where, you know, that, that'll dominate the headlines. The media will start to maybe say, hey, this is – if, if Jameis isn't going to show it in the games with the starters, then maybe Taysom still has a shot at this. So, like, I, I think to me that's the only thing that changes the narrative. To me right now, it's Jameis's job to lose. And if they both look mediocre, if they both look okay – to me, that just is another well, not notch in the belt of Jameis is going to get the job. Well, here's the thing, though. Against that, against Baltimore, you as you said, look, the opening of the game is always scripted. Taysom looked really good in that opening. The throws were a little bit off. I mean, Taysom's throws always look a little weird because his his mechanics are just funky. But he looked overall, he looked really good. Latavius Murray fumbled, so it drive the note. But overall, Taysom looked really – I'm curious to see if Winston can look that good when he gets his chance to have a scripted opening, right? So yeah. we'll we'll see. I, I stand by – your comments just now made me think maybe Jameis has it locked down, but I 100, 100% believe if, if Jameis is the starter, if he doesn't separate himself these next two weeks, it means more playing time for for Taysom in 
I think because I I still believe Sean Payton's going to get weird. He's going to have to get weird to make this offense go. And oh, honestly, hundred percent. Sean I mean, Payton. Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill is going to play this year. He wants. I mean, to, Sean Payton wants to get weird. He wants to get crazy. He likes getting. He liked getting weird in 2017 and 2018 and 2019 when he had Drew freaking Brees and the Saints were a 12, 13 win team. They would get weird. That's right. They, I, they, I don't. I just don't see a scenario where you would play Taysom less. When Drew Brees is gone, yeah. you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So like, if he's not the starter and it's Jameis, like, I don't really see how it would make sense. Unless you would say, well, Taysom was in there because he was the only quarterback that could use to throw the deep ball because Drew Brees couldn't do that. I mean, I guess you could make that argument, but I think Taysom Hill being in there, like, don't forget, he still plays a lot of tight end. They they like what he offers at that position. Uh, they like. I think more than anything, what Sean Payton loves about Taysom Hill actually has nothing to do with what he does on the field. Of course, he loves his running ability. Of course, he loves, I mean, how many touchdowns did he score last year? Seven. He loves the red zone uh, addition that he brings to the offense. And if the offense is struggling in the red zone right now, what better way to fix it than to have Taysom Hill packages? But I think what he loves most of all, Ralph, is that he, there's all this tape that defensive coordinators have That's to consume. Right. And it's not even it's not it's it's before he's even lined up. It's oh holy shit, he's in this off he's in this package. Okay, what defensive package do we have what personnel do we have to put out on the field? Because Jameis and Taysom are both on the field. That's okay, right. that's a pain in the ass. And then it's immediately like in the film room when they're cutting it up, it's like, okay, anytime Taysom Hill's in the game with Jameis. We're putting out this personnel. First thing you got to pay attention to: who's at quarterback? It is is it, where's Jameis? Is he out wide or is he taking the snap? Right, and if and if he's not taking the snap, and and, it, and it's Taysom, or or if he is and Taysom goes to tight end, then you got to tell him, okay, it's probably a running play. You know, keep keep your assignment here, and then maybe play action is a problem. And so anyway, there's all these variables that they have to stress about, they have to prepare for. And it's a layer of work during the week that just makes a defensive coordinator's job more painful and more annoying. And oh I, I think Sean Payton, I think Sean Payton loves Taysom Hill for what that creates more than anything. Can you can you imagine Green Bay like because if you're if you're Green Bay, like me and you can argue and say I think it's Winston. I you know used to I think it's Winston. I think I don't see a, I don't see a scenario where he doesn't win. But if you're Green Bay and you're Green Bay's defensive coordinator, you cannot risk the I think it's Winston. We're gonna prepare like it's Winston. You gotta prepare like it's Taysom, right? You gotta you gotta have everything under the sun. Prepared. Well, you 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 gotta prepare for both. But I actually think the Saints offense is much easier to defend if Taysom's a quarterback. Cause then, then it's just like any other mobile quarterback and there's still a question of if he's any good. Right. That's right. And, so, and, and you, yeah, could, like, you feel I, like you if, if, I, if I'm the Packers, I'm like, keep him in the pocket. Don't let him escape. Cause that's where he can hurt you with his legs. So keep him in the pocket. Don't create running lanes for him. And let's force him to be a pocket passer and see what he can do. I actually think defending the Saints, if Taysom is a quarterback, is actually pretty easy. So, or at least in terms of formulating a game plan. So it's where Jameis is a starter and Taysom's playing a bunch that I think it becomes way more complicated. 
Ralph Marlboro here from Saints Happy Hour. You need to join us every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. on the Spotify Green Room app. We are talking Saints or anything New Orleans sports related. On Spotify Green Room, you can interact with us by asking questions or just laugh at me mispronouncing names. Download the Spotify Green Room on your iPhone or Android device, then follow Saints Happy Hour so you can join us every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. to talk Saints or anything else NOLA sports related. So do it. Download the Spotify Green Room app and join us every Wednesday night at 9 o'clock. We'll see you there. Speaking of preparation, um, Eric McCoy talked to the media over the weekend and he he made a really interesting, he, he was really open and interesting and he's a good interview anyway, but he talked about how Drew used to do all the freaking offensive line protections and now uh, he's in charge of doing that. He was the man out there. Um, he took care of all of it. It made my life super easy. Um, but, you know, it's just part of growing up. So I'm excited for the opportunity. So, so what, what kind of goes into that when, when you're going to take over a little bit more? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say just a little bit more playbook study. You know, last year I just came out. Drew made the mic point. I was like, all right, cool. This is what we're going to do, guys. Now I'm at, make the mic point. I'm like, all right, get everybody situated. Safety in the box, not a safety in the box, et cetera, et cetera, stuff like that. Did you have to do that in college, too? Yeah, a little bit, but college is a lot easier. You know, we just ran one bag inside zone. <laughs> so, yeah. Did you, I guess, take any of that from Drew and just learning from him the past couple of years while you have to do this now? Yeah, a large deal of it. Because um, he was just so on top of it all the time. Um, so I really don't want to have a, a fall off or a drop off there. So I imagine part of this is also like uh, building the relationship with the quarterbacks as well, mm-hmm. right? And like kind of playing off each other on that. Yeah, well. yeah, hundred um, percent. Like I said, I am more than happy to admit when I'm wrong. Um, I, I don't want him getting hit just as much as he doesn't want to get hit. So as soon as they tell me something, I'm like all right, cool, let's roll with it. Um, and I feel like it's really increased our communication. That was really. I mean, I felt like that was really. He was really open and honest, Andrew, and it's 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 really interesting. It just goes back to God damn Breeze. He just his mind to have all of that in your head when you go to the line to where I have to set the protection against the front seven and read the secondary and my body's falling apart and I'm still making this offense top five. Like it just it just it boggles my mind on one level. But McCoy doing the protection how does that affect things you think? Man, I just have to say, first of all, like when you listen to that interview and you just hear him explain it, um, you know, I, I know the Saints have prioritized getting smart players in the building. And it's really rare that you hear a Saints, a key Saints player interview, the Mario Davis, Cam Jordan. I mean, the list goes on and on. But it's really rare that you hear an interview. Lattimore maybe is one where you're just like, yeah, he's not really giving you much. Maybe doesn't sound like the most intelligent guy in the room. That doesn't mean he's not intelligent. Just, you know, but, but communication is a huge thing, especially when you're making these calls. And Sean Payton even said it, you know, it's all about communication and you don't have much time. So you got to communicate clearly and efficiently. And for him to, talk to the media, which are lay people, they're not going to understand football, right? At, at the level of his teammates, but for him to explain it in that kind of detail and get, give them the sound bites that they need. Like you could just tell very smart, good communicator. And that's exactly the kind of guy that you need to replace Breeze to do that stuff. And he's already saying, look, there's a high standard here for what's been created. 
And I don't want to fall short of that. So I'm putting more time in the film room uh, because I got to get this stuff right so that because because all these offensive linemen play with Drew and, and that's what they're used to, too. It's not just McCoy that's used to it. It's it's what all the guys up front are used to. And so he's got to be able to deliver for them what they were used to getting from Drew. And so that that's where I think it's just so important to have a good communicator. So I, I just love that soundbite. It, it's great. I mean, you lifted a great sound clip, Ralph, but. I feel good about him. It was I. I appreciated the Saints. I think I think it was at the dome, so I didn't have the clanging of the weight room in the back. Somebody doing <laughs> doing squats at three fifty, you know. So that was nice. But the interesting thing too is he talks about how the quarterback doesn't want to get hit, and he doesn't. So it's he's it's easy to admit he's wrong. But also, dude, if he calls the wrong protection, right, and he and he screws it up. The other offensive linemen look bad, right? So they'll get on him. So it is a hu- it is just a huge responsibility that I think that we don't we don't think of it because Drew did it all and it was so good. Um, but this well, offense, it's, it's also it's also interesting and it's not going to fall on the quarterback because I mean traditionally, unless you're an advanced quarterback like a Rodgers, Brady, you know the offensive line is typically handling that stuff. But it's just interesting that the Saints aren't going to have a quarterback do this year because they don't even know who their quarterback is yet. That's right. They don't, they, well, that's the thing, right? You can't, you can't, you can't entrust the protections with a, the guy unless you're a hundred percent sure, certain they could do it. The one thing I wondered is did, who did it when Drew was out? Like that would have been a good question for the media to ask. Oh him. yeah. That's I didn't, great, I'm, yeah. I'm, I think I'm pretty sure Teddy Bridgewater did two years ago. I'm almost positive because I remember him going, you know, Mike 58, Mike 58. Like he, yeah. he would make that line call. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, with Taysom, I'm honestly not sure. I'd have to go back and watch the tape. Um, but yeah, that's a good question. But yeah, again, Teddy, like that goes to show his preparation. You know, he was on it. You know, Teddy, he, oh. he stepped in. And, like, I don't know if you remember this, but when, when Teddy was in there, I think, you know, we criticize a lot of people criticize Teddy and, and his abilities, but I think part of the reason why Sean Payton was so in love with him is the dude was a total professional and totally prepared. And as soon as he took the reins of the team, he was like, "We're changing everything." I remember there was like, yeah, a film study, and Breeze always wanted to eat a meal before film study, and Teddy was like, "No, no, no, we're flipping that." And, yeah. and I remember Sean Payton texting Drew when he's getting like, his We're changing surgery. everything. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, Teddy's already changing the whole routine. So I, 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 but I think that's what he loved about it is Teddy was a bull by the horns. Like I'm leading this team now. This is what we're going to do. And, and consummate professional, totally prepared. I think with Taysom, maybe not quite the same experience, you know? Yeah. And, and the, I think he's just a little more understood. Total professional, obviously prepares well, takes care of his body in a great way, but not not necessarily as vocal and as big of a leader as Teddy was. So, you know, I, I do think Jameis has those qualities. So it, I, I do think with time, if Jameis earns this job and has a good season and eventually establishes himself as a long-term quarterback for the Saints, I could see him taking that over. Yeah, no, by the way, Denver, if you don't start Bridgewater over Locke, you're, you're stupid. Like... Yeah, no, I'm 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 glad to see that. By the way, Teddy's been playing great, yeah. and uh, to me, to me, I mean, we're, we're starting to hear rumblings that he's taking the lead in that competition, and it seems clear that most media, at least, think he should be the guy for Denver. And uh, I mean, that that's just a great story to Denver's see him roster. win that job if he pulls it off. 
Denver's roster's freaking loaded. Like Teddy, Teddy, if he can give them Teddy Bridgewater esque play, they can be a nine. That might be enough. Yeah, that may be a nine ten win team. Now, whatever. But I just throw that out there. We love Teddy. Uh, As far as the game, Jacks Saints Jags. One guy, and I know Dave is going to listen to this probably when he's driving to work on Monday, or and he's his ears are going to burn. Little Jordan, he better ball out Monday night because he stunk in practice one day this week. He bounced back a little. He draw had the drop that ended up being an interception against the Raven. Andrew, I, I know his roster spot. It felt secure, and maybe it is, but like I feel like he's a guy. He better step it up Monday. Well, damn you for saying that because uh, that was going to be my answer when you asked me who who better <laughs> have a good game. Uh, otherwise, they're in, at risk of losing a, a job. Uh, and little Jordan tops my list. So thank, thanks for stealing my material. Yeah, you're welcome. I also feel bad because every time we talk about little Jordan, I feel like Dave may be listening a and B it just feels like anything negative I say about him is just a slight Dave. It <laughs> is. Know, like, I, I, I yearn for the days where I can just talk about little Jordan Humphrey and it just be a football evaluation no. and you guys just trust that I'm like nope. talking about that's... him just based on what I see and no. it's not biased in any way. No, but that's I, I the... can't get past this mental block that like I almost feel bad saying something bad about him because it feels like a dig at Dave. It is. And that's the magic. <laughs> that's the magic, the secret sauce of the UDFA draft is that. Yeah, I'm, it, comple- I'm completely compromised. I can't even. You're, it, um, it bonds us to the players in a way that is uncomfortable. Yes. And we take it. Yes. And, we, and it, it used to just be that's some rando UDFA. You can insult them all you want. But now that they're mine, I take it personally. And it just it makes it so much more fun. I want to make sure you see this. I can't remember if this was on Twitter or our, or our Discord chat, but I believe it was a patron suggested that we do it like, um, like what, what's the fantasy where you keep the players? A dynasty? Yeah, make it Dyn- a dynasty where our evaluation of the competition is not just like how the UDFA Sun does that year. It's a common, like I get Granderson and Keith Washington on top of, my UDFA son this year. Well, I think it does um, go like that because Granderson's yours forever, right? So I think right, right. even though we have the winner each year, like it is a dynasty league. Like if Granderson goes off and has 11 sacks this year, like you're never li- going to let us forget that. Like, <laughs> you know, so like I think the dynasty, yeah. the dynasty part is already built in. Um, but he's a guy, I think, I think receiver in general, you know, and, and look, uh, you mentioned it on Twitter that, uh, the Giants are Just thinking of trading the kicker they have because they have um, Gano and they have a, another yeah. kicker who's looking great in camp. This kicker, uh, how do you say Rojas? He looks like uh, he looks like a young Ed Ogeron. Uh, Isn't it Ro- dude, Rosas? Isn't Rosas? it R O S A S? Yeah. Yeah, he better he better he better be good because the thing is, like, if he's not good, the Saints will just cut him and go to the next. So like, well, he, well, here, here's the thing with him is it, it's he he's battling against every second string kicker in preseason like that I, I, you can bet your ass the saints are evaluating every guy that's about to get cut mm-hmm. and i know the patriots have a good one the, the rookie from michigan has looked pretty good 
Uh, Verity, the guy from the Ravens that the Saints just played, obviously he's been looking good. Uh, you mentioned the Giants uh, guy is going to lose out to Graham Gano, and so that that's a guy the Saints have their eye on, I'm sure. And so it really doesn't matter who's in camp right now for the Saints and how they do. I mean, it matters in the sense that if you're awesome, like the job could be yours, but nothing's promised here, and the Saints are just going to end up going. There's a lot of options, a lot of promising players. I don't really see them trading. They have Lutz coming back, so like this would be a temporary thing. So I'm kind of hesitant to trade anything just because I just don't feel like it's necessary. But um, but they could. Um, but, you know, I, I don't see it being anything more than well, a there is a, there, there aren't like three or four teams looking for kickers. So if, you, if you've if you got the Giants yeah. guy, you got the Ravens guy, you got the Patriots guy, and you got this guy that you got in camp. That's, that's what I'm thinking is they got they got options. They got options. Like I, so. I, I don't I don't think a trade is necessary because if someone else ends up getting the best guy, you only you only need a solution for maybe five weeks, right? Five, six, seven weeks. So um yeah, anyway, I, I think there'll be options even if they miss out on trading for a guy. Here's a question for you and then we'll get out of here. Is um the well, Jets. Hold on, we, we were gonna, we were going to talk about who needs a good game. That's to right. Establish themselves. So yeah, I mean, really, it's it's all receivers, not Traquan or Callaway. I mean, they they really all have to perform well, um, and that's going to be important um, because I think a job is up for grabs. I mean, we joked about Kevin White, but like all that Kevin White really has to do to make this team is beat out Chris Hogan and Will Jordan Humphrey. Like, <laughs> it's not that high of a bar. Like, it's not that I think Kevin White's any good or that he's going to have a great season for the Saints, but, like, it's kind of wide open. Like, this, any receiver can make this team. So, yeah, it's a, that's what I was – my question was, I haven't heard anything about Kawan Baker, the draft pick. And normally you'd be like, well, he was a low draft pick, seventh round pick, whatever. But I'm like, these receivers are so bad that, like, that he hasn't made any noise at all in camp? He's been – no, he's been okay. I mean, he's been a little up and down. To me, like, he's destined for the practice squad. You know, I think he'll clear waivers, um, and he's a guy that the Saints will place on their practice squad, and I think I think he'll be fine. You know, Tano Passanio has been banged up. I don't know if he's going to play in this game, but he's been kind of quiet lately, and that's a guy that I think is going to need to play well uh, just to kind of solidify his spot. You know, Shy Tuttle is an obvious answer. I, I just think right now Shy Tuttle is in danger of not making this team. And he's been really disappointing, and I, I think he's going to have to have a good showing um, if he wants to make this team. So uh, I think it's important for him to play well. You know, on, along the reserve offensive line, like Landon Young, Will Clapp, you know, those guys, Throckmorton, your UDFA son, they're, they're all fighting for a job. So obviously they, they need to look good. Uh, but but the big one for me, uh, I'm actually going to say Adam Troutman. Um, and it's not that he, his roster spot is in doubt or that he's at risk of not making a team. But I, I just think right now it would really help the fan base, maybe even Troutman, maybe even the team a little bit, just to see him make a play. Not talking yeah. much here, but just like get a couple catches, maybe score a touchdown. I think – they need a little. They need something good to happen with Troutman just to build a little confidence because yeah. so far that's been a little too quiet. Yeah, it'll be it, it'll be interesting what the Saints do in preseason because you look at these preseason games and the one thing that I've noticed is because teams don't necessarily game plan, 
these coaches and these teams, like we talked about scripting the plays at the beginning, like San Francisco, they had Trey Lance. He threw that 80-yard touchdown, the very first pl- like pass he ever threw in a game. And But that play was like a beautifully designed Shanahan play where he basically pants that defense, and it's preseason, so they're not really game planning, and it was wide open, and he hit it. But he did that because he wanted to build his – the guy they gave up three picks or to try to build him confidence, right? So it'll be – I think your point about Troutman it's, and other things, like what does Sean Payton, especially on offense, what does he want to get accomplished? What does he want to see? Uh, and how does he sort of game plan – to sort of build confidence, to test guys. Like, it'll be really interesting on Monday. And the Jags are going to play more people than Baltimore. So we'll get a... um We'll get a we'll get a look at it. And Andrew, finally, we get a look look at the new Superdome, the, the renovations, the the all the sideline stuff. So the, the dome will have a little bit of a new uh, a new look to it as well. It will, and you know, uh, fans are allowed back. This is like yep. the first full state. I mean, obviously. I think some people will probably elect to just not go um, because of the mask mandate and because you got to show proof of uh, vaccination. And it's a preseason game, so you get a bunch of no-shows. A lot, lot of fans dressed as seats, as they yeah. say. <laughs> um, but but um, I don't know. I mean, I, this will be the biggest crowd the Saints have had in, what, 18 months? Yeah. You know? I mean, and, and so I think that'll be, that'll be good just for the players, too, just to have – actual fans yeah the pre the preseason crowds have been light and i just i just think it's one people don't go to preseason games a lot of people probably like me where i view the saints tickets that me and my mom purchased i view it when i when i when we purchase those tickets is i buy eight tickets like i don't even i don't even count the preseason as part of what i buy you know so so i don't even count so i we just give them away or whatever um but you combine that with COVID, I think like those these crowds at these preseason games are light, and like the Baltimore game, it looked like it was a third full, maybe, you know. So yeah, yeah, um, no, but it'll be good, man. I think uh, it'll be good for the players to see some fans get their feet wet with everything, right. and you know, obviously, we're we're still looking at these quarterbacks. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's still not fully resolved yet, so that's a big storyline for the season. Yeah. So, everybody, thanks for joining us. You got this uh, a day early. Patrons, thanks for supporting us. Sign up if you're not a freaking patron. Sign up. Become an annual patron. Two mugs left. You get your Saints Season Survival mug. You get the booze bundle. We're the best Saints podcast in the freaking world. So, join us already. So, for Andrew, I'm Ralph. Enjoy Saints Jags. Me and Andrew will be on right after doing a patrons-only quick 10-minute post-game show. We'll see you then. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.